0: star physique studio in knoxville tennessee this is the drop set with your host darren star hello everyone and thank you so much for joining me here on the drop set i am darren star your host this week and every week and this is a podcast that relies on you The listener, and it keeps me going. Not not just by sharing episodes through social media, by telling your friends, and leaving reviews and ratings wherever you happen to listen if you're able to. Uh, It's all greatly appreciated, but also by calling in with your questions to help steer the conversation here. The call in number is 865 518 2974. Leave a message at that number, and we'll hear it in an upcoming episode, as we will today. And we'll talk about whatever is on your mind in depth. Uh, I did mention social media. And when you do share those posts, which I love when you do, please feel free to tag me on Instagram. It's at Darren underscore star. That's D-A-R-I-N underscore S-T-A-R-R. And uh, please do tell your friends. If you get something out of listening to this podcast, I am certain that they will too. You can also check out thedropset.com. I have an online episode archive there. The call-in number is clearly posted for easy access. And you can also read about my coaching programs and workout programs that I offer and that enables me to partake in this podcast side hustle. So today is August 21st, 2020. This is episode 175, if uh, my statistics here are correct, which I believe they are. So it is currently 7.49 a.m. I'm going to get to everybody's favorite stuff right off the bat. We're going to do a lawn update. And I know there is one person that gives a crap about this. So Angela, thank you. Your, Your feedback and enthusiasm for the lawn update is always appreciated. The lawn update is the if I were to describe it, it looks a little bit like if you've seen movies like, you know, Platoon, Apocalypse Now, you know, you know th- and things that, you know, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, Vietnamese jungle, you know, doesn't really look like something that's been well cared for. Right. But there's this like, you know, th- this heavy, heavy level of growth. So imagine that somebody went through one of those Vietnamese fields and mowed it. And then walked away from it for a month, didn't touch it. And then drop some napalm on it. That's about what it looks like right now. Um, I'm talking about the back specifically. Like the back looks like hot garbage. Um, there's just dirt patches everywhere, which, you know, because of humidity and the sprinkler system are actually more like mud patches. Like, the back doesn't get a lot of sun. Um, it stays in shade a lot, which can be helpful. But, you know, honestly, the front gets too much sun. So the back, the grass actually grows faster back here. Uh, or it will come up um, faster. Like, uh, it will sprout from seed faster. But... Um, Um, the result right now is, is crappy. Like it looks terrible and I don't know what's going on back there, but uh, it clearly needs a heavier reseed, but I'm going to wait a little bit until the temperatures cool down just a little bit before I get to that September. I know, I know October is the common time to do it for me. I just feel like that's too late. I don't know. So the front is coming along a little better. Um, pretty much it's all grown back except for the trenches, um, that were dug out for the sprinkler system and there there was an issue i think i talked about this before where the dude had to come back and uh 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 what um the trenches were like collapsing like they didn't compact them down well enough so we get a heavy rain and then the trenches just kind of sink down into themselves like well, this is crap so they had to come back with another layer of topsoil the problem is i'd already put down seed and grass had started to come up there so i had to basically start over which as you can imagine pissed me off a little bit. Also, this sprinkler system had a major leak last Sunday. Um, we woke up on Sunday morning. The dogs got us up at like 4.50 in the morning or some ungodly bullshit hour like that. And uh, we went outside and I'm like, open the front door in my stupor. Like, did I remember to put on clothes? Oh, I did. Okay. Thank God for that. Like, let's go pee. And I hear this thing. It sounds like a little fountain. I'm like, what is that? My wife's like, you hear that? I'm like, oh God, I know what that is. Yep. Yeah. There, there's a leak somewhere and it's, it's a big one. It's not a little one. And I see like, you know, it, I, it's dark. So I can't see anything except water running across the walkway, uh, like a river. <laughs> I'm like uh, Okay. So I'm like, well, was, let's pee the dogs. Great. Cause you know, the little one, especially is a time bomb. And uh, let me go and shut off the main or there's a shut off valve right at the start of the sprinkler system. So I shut that off. And of course, the leak is before that. So then I'm like, okay, well, I've got to shut off the main to the whole house then. And well, thankfully, it's right here. So let me just take the lid off of it. And the whole box is flooded from the leak. So I can't even see in there to shut off the main. So I'm like, call dude, get him to come out here. And so he, he got out there It took a little while, but, um, and he was there for a few hours fixing this leak and it was just, you know, no, it wasn't necessarily his fault. There was a crack in a pipe, you know? Um, I, I think it was probably because it was installed at an angle that placed some stress on the pipe. If I had to imagine, I mean, it's just PVC. So, uh, you know, this stuff isn't, you know, it's not bulletproof. So anyway, it was fixed. It's all good now. Um, it was just, you know, one, one more little thing that makes me think like, man, is it really worth it? <laughs> Should I have done that? So if anybody says, hey, what do you think? I'm going to get a sprinkler system. I'm going to think think long and hard about how much time you're spending on it now. And if that's really such a problem, that is what I would say. Um, yeah. So anyway, there you go. Let's talk a little bit. Let's let's transition over to bodybuilding. Um, I know. We'll, we'll try and make this brief. Sorry. I know everybody wants to talk about the lawn instead. By everybody, I mean nobody. Probably not even me, realistically. So, bodybuilding. There are shows happening now. uh, A handful of them, at least. um, Which is cool. So, what's going on in this pandemic age? um, This COVID world that we live in. So, um, I got an update here from Tino, a client of mine, who's competing next weekend in Texas. I'm going to pull up his email here. He was just sharing with me some particulars from the show here. Um, So... Uh, what what's happening here is a lot of um, a lot of changes are happening, and most most of the shows that are that I'm uh, working with now just happen to be NPC shows. Uh, you know, I, I work with with competitors in uh, all uh, sanctioning bodies and organizations, so I don't have any uh, any dog in that fight as far as like a preference. In fact, I, I kind of bag on the NPC more than any other organization. If you if you listen here, you've heard me do that before, um, just because I think they're really really. I mean they they are leading the charge in the industry. And if I'm being frank, um, I don't think they have the greatest minds steering the ship. Um, All you need to do is go, and I think they still have this posted on their website. Let me just check here real quick. If we go to NPC News Online, I think it's still up there, which just, it it says a lot, honestly, about the whole organization. If we go under... um, Rules, would it be rules? Yeah, I think it's men's classic physique. Um, yeah, and so on this page, right up at the very top, there is a, a link, uh, an embedded YouTube video. Uh, NPC slash IFBB announces new uh, men's division, classic physique. And if you watch this video, it's three people sitting at a table, and I, I swear to God, it looks like they are making it up on the spot. Um, because there isn't a lot of detail being offered. It's like, hey, like I got an idea. Hold on, record this. This is going to be good. I mean, that's really what it looks like. Uh, it just does not look like the kind of organization that I would expect to go into an effort like this, you know? And, and the fact that, you know, Classic Physique has been around for a couple years, and this is still, like, at the very top of the page, this announcement. It's like, okay, great, you announced it. We don't fucking care that you announced it get, get us the stuff that we need, you know? Um, like I, it just, it just speaks to the whole thing. And I, I, I granted, I grew up in the nineties. I'm a child. Well, I didn't grow up in the nineties. I'm, I'm a child of the nineties. That's, that's the, the generation that I identify with that, um, you know, we, we were there when the internet was starting to become a mainstream thing, right? So, you kids today, eh, you didn't have to see the bullshit that I saw on the internet. Trust me. I mean, there, it was some ugly stuff. If, if you ever remember using Netscape Navigator, okay, you know what I'm talking about. Um, people writing their websites and building their websites and, you know, all of the, you know, cause no website was ever done. Everything was always under construction, right? So you always had to have a little animated graphic of the guy in the hard hat with the shovel digging because to show that your website's under construction, that's the kind of shit that we grew up with. Okay. So coming from that era, I will absolutely in 2020 judge a company, an outfit, an organization, a band, an individual on the quality of their website. Absolutely. And so NPC on that level fails. Um, it's just, it's just not, not good. So that's me. So anyway, back to Tino, who's competing next week in Texas. Um, the NPC is changing some things this year because they have to. They're, they're kind of forced to for practical reasons in order to make sure, you know, comply with um, event, uh, uh, with venue restrictions and limitations, etc. So, you know, they, they are not in many cases being allowed to have large crowds. Uh, you know, they have to really figure out like, how are we going to structure this show so that we can do this so that we can still have like a socially distanced audience, et cetera, if you're going to have an audience at all. And it does happen. Um, and it's kind of weird, but you know, I had a client, Erica who competed in Charleston last weekend. And, um, it, it was a situation where, you know, it was a socially distanced show crowd was very minimal. Um, it was her first show. She had a freaking great time. So, you know, Having the crowd there, it's all well and good, but it's not a requirement to have a good show and to have a good experience at a show. Um, now, if you've got a lot of friends and family that want to join you there and they're suddenly unable to because of audience restrictions, that's another thing. Um, and, you know, one person that I'm working with, uh, with uh, Sally, she her show got canceled. So a, a promoter in Washington State canceled three of their shows this last week. Pain in the ass. Okay, great. And uh, But, you know... I guess, in retrospect, we probably should have expected that. And she's like, yeah, I just don't, you know, there's another show, it's a little further away, I just don't think my, my family or my friends are going to go for that, and honestly, it's probably not worth it for me at that point. I totally get that. So, it just, you, you gotta know what you're doing it for, and what's important to you. So, this email from Tino, which I have now referenced like 45 times, I'm actually going to talk about it now, outlines some of the changes that the NPC is making, and these are things that are good here. So, Now, this is an email specifically about tickets and time, so this isn't necessarily Necessarily for the competitor, although it impacts the competitor for sure. Um, all pre-judging and finals will be held at one allotted time. And so I've seen this happen for most of the shows. Now there was a show in Texas at the start of the month, the, what was it? Southwest Fit Expo or whatever it was. That was a typical, like, I swear to God, business as usual, unchanged bullshit, Texas NPC show where pre-judging didn't finish until like 5.45 p.m. And for the love of God, why anybody would ever want to do one of those shows is beyond me. It's just a miserably long day because the show is so slow and too big. Um, so this is is a way better way to do it. This is what's referred to as a running format. Other organizations do this more commonly. The NPC never has until now. If one thing survives this pandemic, I hope it is this, um, this change in format here. So. Prejudging is not morning and finals are not at night. Instead, what they give here is a schedule. And if you've listened to this, I have talked about this before, right? I mean, I I have an article on my website that I think was posted like three years ago. The NPC is broken. Here's how you fix it. And this is one of the things that I recommend here. So you look at the schedule here. 8 a.m. men's bodybuilding, prejudging and finals. 10 a.m. classic physique, pre-judging and finals. 12 p.m. men's physique. Prejudging and finals. So if you're doing bikini, which is at 8 p.m., prejudging and finals, you know exactly when you're going on. You're like, I don't need to do shit until 8 p.m. And and so you can plan accordingly with your food. You know, you can, you can sleep in a little bit more. It's not like you have to be ready to maybe hop on stage at 10, which let's be clear at this NPC show at the start of the month, it was more like four in the afternoon still, but still prejudging started at 10. There's a competitor, competitor meeting. You got to be there at eight. And it's like, good Lord. So no, this is such a much better way to do it because you know what the day is going to be like, you you know, I mean, still, I'd say if you're, if you're in bikini, you're getting screwed. Cause it's not like you're going to go do anything, right? It's not like, Oh, bikini isn't until 8 PM. Cool. Well, I'm going to go to the zoo in the morning. I mean, it's not that your day is still shot versus if you're in men's bodybuilding, you you're completely done by 10 AM shows over, <push> go take a shower and go eat something. you you you're good. So, I mean, that is I love the certainty of this. Um, Now, they're allotting two hour time slots here. And I don't know that they certainly don't need two hours for each of these. You know, not each of these divisions should take two hours for sure. Um, And I don't know if they're doing that because they want to have the ability to clean um, the, the venue in between as well. Now, let's say men's bodybuilding takes an hour and a half. I'm not sure how much productive cleaning of a you know, convention hall seating area that you're going to do in 30 minutes, but whatever. Um, it's probably just to make sure that there's no bleed over and to give the judges a little chance to break more than anything else, which is one of the most brutal things about those shows. You know, we rag on judges a lot, but when you've got a prejudging that starts at 10 a.m. and it goes until 6, I'm sorry. I'm D- sorry. <laughs> Just speaking as as a human being here, if I've been looking at people walk across stage for eight hours straight, by the time I get to hour number eight, honestly, I don't give a fuck who's walking across that stage. It's like what a first, second, third, whatever. I, they all look the same to me at this point. I can't tell. My eyes have glazed over. Probably reason why I'd be a terrible judge. Maybe maybe the people that are doing this are much better equipped for this than I am. Probably, but still, um, there are limits to what humans can do, right? <laughs> especially when you're just sitting at a desk, listening to probably the same 14 songs in a loop for eight hours, ugh, man. Um, so they're also, um, you know, limited number of seats allowed in the venue. You need to purchase a $50 reserved seat for the two hour time. You want to attend assigned seating. Um, each time slot will sell out. You may purchase multiple time slots. So yeah, if you want to, if you've got a friend in men's bodybuilding and another friend in classic physique, that's a hundred dollars for you to watch. So, uh, This is, you know, the promoters realizing like, we're going to lose some money on this. We need to charge more for the limited tickets we can sell. The problem is the value of the tickets hasn't increased, which means that the, uh, Spectator, the patron, the person in the audience is the one that's really paying the price here. Um, you know, cause that, that person is still watching the same show. If anything, their experience is being, you know, lessened a little bit because of the nature of the, the changes to the show. Um, but by the same token, if you've got a friend in classic physique, you pay 50 bucks, you don't have to answer that question. Well, do you need me there in the morning or in the evening? When would it be better? And then because it's like, I'm not going to stick around for both. Cause I'm not that good of a friend. Nobody is. <laughs> So, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, there, there's some pluses and minuses here. Um, but the overall format of the show is a big plus. Uh, I'm I'm really happy for that. And I'm hoping that that is something that we can see continue going forward. Um, cause the other thing is like you go to finals for a show. I have known people who go to a bodybuilding show who go for finals, who don't know if, uh, anybody who's in the show, but they just go to, to watch something cause it's an event. Cool those people are few and far between the people that are going to these shows are friends and family of the people that are up on stage. That's who they want to see. So when you've got somebody who's, you know, a, a group of eight people who are coming to see their friend or their relative who's competing in bikini and they get there for finals at six and bikini doesn't get on stage until nine. Those people are just fucking around, bored out of their mind, wasting three hours. Like, good Lord. It's just rude to the audience. You know, no matter how good of a show you put on, most people are not going to be entertained by watching a whole bunch of people they don't know come on stage and do posing routines and be handed trophies and stuff like that. Maybe I'm really cynical about this. I don't know. Maybe it's more more common than I than I think it is. But I I got a pretty good feeling on this one. You know, I, I, I talk to a lot of people and I get their honest take, you know, um, which is, you know. Might be different from what your friend might tell you after you get off stage. Like, what do you think? That was great. That was a lot of fun. I'm never doing this again. Oh my God. I mean, the the whole experience of prejudging in finals, it's like it was devised to punish the audience. Um, and the competitors for that reason and the judges, uh, you know, the only person that benefits is the promoter because they get to sell two tickets. Well, here they're selling one ticket that's twice the price. So, sure okay why not <laughs> now i think in a in a non-socially distanced show this can still hold up your ticket 50 bucks you can stay the whole day if you want you know you can come in you, you can leave you can come back we'll stamp your hand blah, blah blah whatever so i i think that is the way to go i think that is the path forward and um, this is a good proof of concept here Another thing that has come from this, um, which is fantastic is, um, most of these shows for obvious reasons are not having the mandatory competitor meeting prior to the show. How great is that, right? Anybody who's competed can tell you what a giant waste of time. The competitor meeting was, there isn't anything in that meeting that can't be handled in an email and what we are finding out now you know is uh, you know at the start of the pandemic everybody's working from home right we're all finding out that all those all those meetings that we were having they very easily could have been emails and the the promoters have wisened up to that fact as well oh we can't gather up all 150 competitors for a meeting uh, before the show damn what are we gonna do well let's take all of that completely unimportant information and just distill it into an email and maybe if we really care we can go the extra mile and make sure that you know it's something where you have to read this and acknowledge that you You've read it in some way, whether it's digitally or you know something like that, um, or just you know put it on a put it on the back of the entry form that you have to sign when you check in or something like that. Like, oh, we need to read all this stuff, acknowledge it, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Because let's be clear, that competitor meeting is all mostly just cover your ass stuff. There's a little bit of logistics of how the show is going to be run, but you can tell people that in a document and people will read that because they want to know that. But you don't have to gather people up. And I've been in enough of those meetings to know like half the times they're in a place where you know, the person doesn't have a microphone. They're talking before a large crowd. You can't hear what they're saying. You've got groups of people that are talking to themselves, talking over the speaker, et cetera. And I've, you know, I've had terrible experiences trying to get through some of those mandatory meetings. So the fact that those have gone away now is great. And that should continue to stay gone. Um, we just, we, we don't need it. We don't need it at all. And the other big picture takeaway um, from what we've learned and how things have changed during the pandemic is um, a lot of shows are transitioning to um, offering live streams and figuring that, hey, you know what? this There's a little bit of additional cost here, but we can make a lot of – because a lot of people, they want to see these shows, but they don't want to necessarily – Pay to come here and watch in person and be stuck with a show with a horrible format, for example. But for 20 bucks, they might pop in on a live stream a couple times throughout the day. Huh? Okay, cool. And they're they're figuring out that that is another revenue stream. So not only do you have people that don't necessarily want to go to a show and be in a crowd in the middle of a pandemic, but also you've got some people that just want to sit around in their underwear and eat Cheez-Its and w- watch a show at put me in that category, you know? So, um, that's cool, especially for the big shows. I mean, honestly, not just the Olympia, but every pro show, um, every national level show should be a live stream. You'll get a lot of people because the thing is, especially the national shows. I mean, why this hasn't been happening up until now, I have no idea. At least I haven't been aware of it. I don't think any, any national level show has been doing a live stream, but, um, You've got like USA's, 600 competitors. How many of those competitors in Vegas or in Miami um, have friends that are going to travel there with them? If you're coming from Minnesota, Maine, from Washington State, whatever. No, you're making that trip yourself. Maybe if you're lucky, you've got one or two really close friends or a family member that's going to come with you for support or something like that. But largely, that's a solo venture, you know, so I think for more people than not. And a lot of people, they will pick a specific national level show um, because it, they have friends or family in the area, and that might be a reason as well. But still, you've got a lot of people that might be really curious to to watch it on stage, but they can't make the trip just because you know it's a plane ticket, it's a hotel, eh, you know. Um, so a live stream, I mean, there's a ton of money to be made there for people who want to watch those live streams. I mean, especially for a national level show, just because of the number of competitors, especially if you, I mean, if I was a promoter, I would be incentivizing this. I'd be like, Hey, you know, give people, you know, here's our, our system. Here's our live stream. Here's how they can order, um, the live stream. So watch as a pay-per-view thing, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever. That's fair. Find ways to add value to it. And then also incentivize it and give every competitor who enters the show a code, a discount code and say for every person that you get um, to watch the live stream, we're taking five bucks off your entry fee or something like that. You know, I mean, because that is something that's going to work out in the promoter's favor for sure. So, I don't know, just a thought, but I'm hoping the live streams stay um, because they should. There's no reason not to. It's 2020. We're supposed to have flying cars by now. We can have a live stream of a bodybuilding show. Am I right? Come on. Come on. Let's let's take the opportunity to move our society forward a little bit. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Bethany, what you got?
1: What's up, Darren? This is Bethany from South Georgia. So my question is in regards to protein intake. I actually listened to one of your older podcasts not long ago whenever um, you did a four day of eating and you were trying to grow, and so you were eating about 330 grams of protein a day, and so I was, like, I thought that was a lot, so I was just curious about, like, protein intake um, and if, like, how much is considered too much in reference to, like, um, kidney function and making sure you're not, you know, overworking your kidneys and, getting your like creatinine level really high or creatine, things like that. So I appreciate it. Bye.
0: Yes. Great question. Thanks, Bethany. So, um, yeah, I, uh, in the past, I have done protein intake anywhere from 200 grams to 400 grams. It's kind of an experiment there. Um, and some of that's been working with other coaches, et cetera. And I had one coach who he was a fan of like higher protein, the better. And I'm like, dude, I feel like garbage on this. That was like the 400 grams. And I'm like, I mean, I just, you know, I feel sluggish. All I want to do is lay in bed all day. I got no energy for anything. I know some people do that, but, like, I just don't find the value in that. And I think that my experience is fairly common there in that, you know, it's just – there's a threshold where you get to that point and it's like, yeah, you get really diminishing returns beyond this. And now you're really just adding calories. It's not like protein makes you more anabolic or something like that beyond a certain threshold. So, um, now for me, if I was going to have like 330 grams, let's work the math here real quick. Um, so, uh, to to, to carry the one, uh, um, hold on listen to me doing math live on a podcast here. That's like 1.3 grams per pound of body weight. So that means like if that'd be the equivalent, if, if you weigh a hundred pounds, it's 130 grams. So scale it down a little bit, just based on body weight. You know, if you weigh 150 pounds, um, that is going to have you at about like 195 grams, which is on the high side, but, um, it's not absurd or anything like that. Now I have seen women who come to me with plans from old coaches who weigh like a buck 40 and they're having 250 grams of protein a day. Like that is excessive. You don't need that. You don't need that. At that point, you're like 1.5 grams per pound. That's high. I think one point three. For most people, is like the upper limit, and so I won't I won't go too much higher than that unless there's a really compelling reason to. As far as kidneys, creatinine, etc., the best recipe for that. So higher protein intake. One of the things that always comes up in this conversation is, well, protein intake has been uh, clinically demonstrated to um, impact your kidney function. Like, yes, that is true, but it is largely offset by elevated water intake, which is one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, I think, why bodybuilders are always encouraged to be really aggressive with their water intake. Gallon a day, blah, 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 regardless of who you are, yeah, uh-huh, yep, yeah, That that's why, that's why, also, you know, as bodybuilders, we work hard. So we tend to sweat a lot. And so you, you run the risk of being dehydrated, but also just keeping that water intake higher helps regulate your kidney function on a high protein diet. Um, um And so clearly also, this is another reason why it, I think it's, it's critical for most people, but especially for bodybuilders just to get their blood work checked regularly. I don't need to go to the doctor and get a full hormone panel done every six months, unless you're cycling, in which case, yeah, it's probably a smart thing to do. Um, but just monitoring things periodically, like, hey, I've been doing this for a couple years this is a big dietary shift for me let me get my blood work checked oh man okay my kidneys are a little stressed right now it's probably not like a red alert kind of thing usually if if there's a range you might be like just a little outside of that range but nonetheless, that's something to, to be aware of and be like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. What, what should I do here? I wonder if I should have a conversation with my coach. Hey, can we drop my protein intake down a little bit? Or, you know, might be like, what's your water intake like? You know, actually, I haven't really been prioritizing that all that much. It's a little on the low side. Or I've been hitting the target, but, you know, if you're a 220-pound guy and you're getting a gallon a day, and I'm like, well, let's shoot for a gallon and a half. I think that's reasonable, you know. that At, <laughs> at that point, if you're, hitting, if you're 220 pounds and you're hitting a gallon a day, you're like, you're hitting like just a little over uh, half an ounce per pound of body weight. So we can step that up a little bit. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a great question. It's a common concern. Um, and it's not a totally unfounded concern, but typically unless you have underlying kidney issues, um, your kidneys are, let's say they are stressed generally speaking anyway, um, bodybuilding is going to be rough for you, um, if you, if you don't have properly functioning kidneys. So taking care of them and, and, you know, taking some, uh, organ support supplementation is never a bad idea. Um, just to kind of help everything along. Um, but usually for, for most people who have, um, a, uh, what I would say like a more normal functioning, uh, uh, or organ system, you know, you don't have underlying issues or anything like that. It's usually not an issue so long as you're not completely absurd with your protein intake, and as long as you're up there on your water intake as well. So, um, good question, though. Good question. Um, there was. Uh, did we have another one? We did actually. We're going to go back in the tank a little bit for this one. So this this is a conversation that we had. Uh, a while back this would have been back in like june i think so i will let sally kick it off here
1: hi darren it's sally uh so on your last episode of the drop set you asked for recommendations for supplement companies that have like uh non-stem pre-workouts and i wanted to share the experience that i have um with morphogen nutrition products so i use their non-stem pump and performance pre-workouts and it gives me, like, all the benefits of a pre-workout that's, like, scientifically dosed without the jitters of, like, having, like, a bunch of caffeine, which is great for my afternoon training. Um, additional plugs for Morphogen, um, all of their proteins taste really great. They have a donut-flavored one for when you really need donuts that you're prepping. Um, and their, like, pre-cardio, like, drink mix actually says motivation is one of the things that it helps with. It has, like, a bunch of tyrosine and other ingredients in it. All their cutting stuff is super great as well, and they even have this, like, hormone um, support uh, product called Morphocom, which is really great for when you feel like a psychopath during prep. Um, Ben, the owner, is was kind enough to give me a promo code for us. So you can use the code Sally ten, S A L L Y one zero to get ten percent off. And uh the company name is Morphogen Nutrition. Enjoy
0: my name is Darren and I approve this message. Uh, well, I don't necessarily approve it. I don't know. Um, I take Sally's word for it because she is a, uh, you know, among all of my clients, she is uh, quite a thinker actually. And Sally apologies for the delay on that. It was sitting there and I'm like, Oh yeah, we got to talk about, we got to revisit this, uh, this non-stim workout issue. So we talked about that before and I was looking up Morpho calm and I got to tell you, um, like, man, they, they got to come up with some different names here. Um, <laughs> So it's like, none of this is really, really super creative here. Uh, Column, whatever. I mean, just without even looking at it, I'm like, okay, so this is a cortisol control supplement, right? It says stress and hormone support. Cool. What's in it? Let me just see here. Um, well, I'm looking at the stack here. So that's with their test booster by itself. Here we go. Let's take a look, pull it up here. Um, yeah. So it, it has, you know, what I always, um, expect when I see something like this is uh, if you've got a cortisol control supplement, it's going to be primarily built around ashwagandha root extract, which is what we see here. Um, and there's uh, 800 milligrams of, hmm, do I want to put my reputation on the line and try to pronounce this? I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. Hold on. I'm usually pretty good at this. I'm usually pretty good at this game. So let's see here phosphatidylserine. I'm going to say there were probably three errors in that pronunciation. I'm not going to make a second attempt though. That's it. So, um, yeah, and it has, it has dim, it has theanine. So yeah, it's what, what I would expect from a cortisol control supplement. Um, so meaning like, I don't think it's necessarily anything earth shattering, but it is probably high quality and effective for sure. Um, the Morpho test. I'm just curious now about their test booster here. If we see anything interesting in this, um, this is interesting. Okay, yeah. Splanthus is also has Ostrogonda root, fenugreek. Um, it doesn't have Tribulus, which is interesting. So, um, that's curious. Um, but what you sped specifically was their non-stim pre-workout. And I don't even remember what it was called at this point. But if I look for it here, um, I don't want stacks. I don't want protein supplements. Advanced amino acid matrix. Uh, well, here they're advanced kidney support. Nephrogen. Clever. Um is uh, listed under a protein supplement. So um, Alphagen, Volugen, non-stim pump and performance. Great. Okay, that's what we're looking for, Volugen. So they have, what are the flavors here? Peach Pineapple, hard pass on that. Strawberry Burst, I could do that. Tropical Gummy, that might be interesting. And then uh, Blackberry Lemonade. You know, I've never had an artificial Blackberry flavor that I thought was acceptable in any way. So this might be the first, I don't know. Um, So as far as... What we see in here, so it's citrulline, betaine, L carnitine. There's not a lot of things in here that are falling. I mean, nothing really is falling under the purview of like proprietary blend, which is great because I hate that garbage. It's like, just tell me what's in it, please. Um, so this is good. Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, cool and then um, so yeah and so Sally was nice enough to offer a code for that as well so uh, and then I also got a uh, a Message here. I think this came through um it was either email or Instagram from uh Matt, who back when we were having this discussion as well, he threw out another one. He said uh, quote, the best non stim I've found is axe and sledge hydraulic. I personally use two scooped two scoops. If stacked with the stim free, it's amazing, but I felt great using only the stim free as well. So two options there, axe and sledge hydraulic. So I don't know what um if one of those is axe and sledge Hydraulic. Um, Oh, Axe and Sledge is the company name. That's interesting. Okay, that sounds more like a product name to me. So, oh, no, and sure enough, their logo is an axe and a sledgehammer forming an X. I get it. All right. So hydraulic, um, pre-pump, first non-stimulant pre-workout of its kind. Flavor, you ready for this? Good Lord. Matt, you better know what you're talking about, man. I feel like once again, for <laughs> it's like twice in five minutes, I'm throwing my reputation on the line here. So um, flavors, they have Scorpion Venom, Whiskey and Cola, Shark Bite, Unicorn Blood, HWMF, strawberry lemonade and lemon lime <laughs> it's like it's like they just gave up on those last two it's like uh, what's some kind of hardcore ridiculous over the top name that we can give strawberry lemonade i don't know i don't know just just call it strawberry lemonade all right cool what is h w m f um taste like america feels like freedom I still don't get HWMF I'm sure that's an acronym for something that is too cool for me so Um, Scorpion Venom by the way the packaging is purple so I'm going to assume that that is probably just what they have decided to call grape Um, whiskey and cola has very much a Jack Daniels look to the label Um, actually because it's in a uh, a supplement shaped container it actually looks more like a deodorant um (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of funny um born and bred by all-american roughnecks pittsburgh pennsylvania usa all right cool um shark bite might be orange orange mango flavored shark bite yes look at that all right all right unicorn blood man i can't even guess as to what this might be rainbow sherbet flavored okay cool Cool. All right. Um, thankfully, it, 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 there's some suggestive graphics on this, but there is a picture of a unicorn, and the unicorn is intact. So there's no decapitated unicorn on the packaging here. So you're you're safe. Um, I, I got to give them props. The graphic design on this stuff is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give them credit for that. That's that's pretty sweet. Um, so that that is kind of closing the uh, closing the loop on the non-stim pre-workout so axon sledge and morphogen have have products that come with recommendations from fellow drop set listeners so um feel free to give those a shot and then i wanted to close things up here with a question from tasha um who actually just wrote this in as part of her check-in um a couple weeks back and i said yeah let me get to that and i wanted to, to read up a little bit on this as well and just make sure that i was i was giving proper information here because i'm like I mean, I know what my gut says on this, but let me just look into it here. And yeah, so her question, um, is glycogen... Jesus. Hold on, I'm going to take a drink and try that again. I will not tell you what that was a drink of. You'll have to guess. It was definitely some unicorn blood. Um, Is glycogen depletion the same as fat reduction? She goes on, meaning... There's no spot reduction. For example, could someone do all upper body workout and see glycogen deplete from their lower body? Or do you have to do lower body in order to see that glycogen deplete? Great question. So let's start by first answering a different question. Where is glycogen stored in the body? There's two answers for that, two primary answers. Well, there's three answers. Um, There's always a little bit of glycogen in your blood, but primarily skeletal muscle. That's what we're working with here as bodybuilders and your liver liver glycogen is really important. Um, so that's kind of like the, the buffer area where glycogen gets stored initially. And that is where, you know, one, one thing that people, um, uh, often don't realize is one of the things that uses glycogen most reliably, um, is your brain. And so it it relies on liver glycogen for that. And so the, like the, the depletion rate for that is known. It's like, you know, 0.1 grams per minute or something like that. Like it, you know, you, you can deplete liver glycogen while you sleep because your brain is using it. Um, and a, a, a liver can typically store between a hundred to 120 grams of glycogen at max. And so if you go to bed and it's like 90 grams, it can deplete to, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40 grams overnight. So, um, but muscle glycogen is what we really care about here. And, uh, in that case, yeah. I mean, it, it is, um, it is localized, meaning like you, you store glycogen throughout your whole body and how much is, is a question. Um, and there, there might be some better answers on this. Um, but like how quickly it gets depleted, how much you can store. I don't know. I mean, you know, when you're flat, right. When glycogen stores are depleted and you know, when you're full, which which is when glycogen stores are maxed out, like, you know, that's when you just walk around and without even a pump, you're feeling like, man, I feel like I got nothing or man, I feel like I I feel totally jacked right now. That's just because your glycogen stores are full. Um, which is often like if you're just well fed, you know, just think about, I guess the best way to put it would be, Think about like you're not in a workout, but you've just eaten and you just do a little bit of isometric flexing for like 60 seconds. How do you feel? You know, do you have a pop or not? That that gives you a sense of whether or not you're more leaning towards full or flat. And that's assuming that you have the requisite mind-muscle connection and body coordination to really, you know, create something like that. Because a lot of people will be like, I don't feel anything. It's because they're not really doing anything. So um, that, that comes with experience. So um, the... A, a, like an average person, um, like 150, 170 pound person um, could hold maybe like, uh, I think the figure I saw was like 400 grams of glycogen. Now, how quickly does that deplete? It just depends on how hard you work. That's a huge variable. So, you know, if you've got somebody who's carrying a lot of muscle, um, they're going to store more glycogen, but also they're probably working a little bit harder. Um, so they depleted at a faster rate as well, but it is localized. So if you're, you know, doing arm day, you're not going to be depleting glycogen in your legs, except, you know, Legs are always kind of working, right? So they're depleting, just not at a super accelerated rate. So there's all, you've always got glycogen moving through the muscles, going out, coming in, just because you're not going to be totally sedentary all the time. So anytime a muscle has to work, like you're sitting in a chair, you stand up, it takes glycogen to do that. It doesn't take as much as doing a thousand pound leg press, but it still takes some. So it's kind of like you know your brain will empty out your liver glycogen on its own if you sleep for long enough. So, um, so to answer your question, Tasha, uh, it is not the same as fat reduction in that you can spot reduce. Of course, there's no value in spot reducing. There's, there's no value in saying, Oh, I'm going to just deplete the shit out of my glycogen here and save it here. It's like, why, you know, the the whole goal is to kind of keep it moving. So, um, that answers your question, I hope. Um, but, uh. I I guess the other question would be, what do we do with that knowledge? And I don't know that I have a good answer for that. I'm I'm not sure how that changes things. So anyway, anyway, um, that's what I got for this week. I'm going to peace out because I'm starving and it's time to eat. So, um, yeah. So thank you to all who contributed. I appreciate it. And once again, that call in number 865-518-2974 call in, leave a message, share the episode on social media, tag me in it on Instagram at Darren underscore star. You can also check out the drop um, for details, episode archives. You can shop for swag. You can check out coaching programs. You can look at workout programs. You can do all this. You can do all of that. Um, go leave a review, leave a rating. If you're listening on iTunes, um, Google podcasts, anything like that, drop a star rating. Um, be honest, but you know, make it five stars, please. Um, and leave a review really appreciate that. Um, and I look forward to hearing from anybody, any questions that you have, I will probably heads up, not be here on Monday. So we have, um, something unusual happening. My wife got a bug up her butt and she's like, we need, cleaners to come to the house so they're coming on monday and they're going to be here at eight um and so it's probably going to be difficult for me to record um at that time i don't if i can make it if i can swing it and just to talk about it, i'd certainly be happy to but just beware we might not be here next monday well we'll be back next friday at the very least